Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. You know, there are some guests that you just can't get enough of. And one of those guests is my good friend, Bill Emiot. We are excited to have Bill back in the podcast today. You know, some of the, you have those, uh, those, friends who are like family that that's bill bill is family uh, to all of us here at lifeway kids but uh i had the great opportunity to spend a few years it's really really close with bill and uh, he has since moved on and he is serving now at houston's first in houston texas and uh and doing super well uh leading out in ministry there through really what's been a really difficult and challenging season bill tell us just a little bit about how's what are things like? What's the climate like with this the COVID that we're leading through right now? It is crazy. Um, trying to uh, re-enter a somewhat normal church life in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't learn any of that in um, in seminary or college or even in the twenty five plus years that I served before coming here. It's been nuts. Right now, we're trying to uh, ramp back up with our Bible study hour with kids and making sure that we're doing that at, um, with the safety of both our students and our families and our uh, volunteer leaders. It's been a little bit crazy. So we're not there yet. We've got three weeks out, and um, it's just really coming fast and trying to figure it out. It's a little bit furious a little bit crazy, and we don't have the right answers. I tell everybody everything is in wet cement. Yes. It won't be long. We're, we'll be we'll have it right, but right now we're just trying to get there. It has indeed been a crazy season. Well, it's definitely been a season of having to figure things out again, right? And it seems it changes week over week over week. Um, not so long ago, we were all dealing with how do we do ministry when we can't meet I guess that was now 13 or 14 weeks ago. Right. Then we were dealing with how are we going to accomplish the ministry of VBS while we're not able to gather. And so I know you've worked through that with your your team at your church. And now we're to the at the point where we're where we're saying, okay, how will we regather? And so through all of it, it's just we have to continually innovate and come up with new ways to accomplish the work of the ministry. And there, there I think that we've all seen how creative kids ministry leaders can be. For us, it's been a, an excellent opportunity to refocus on families, mm. to refocus on parents being primary disciplers. As we've tried to uh, equip and empower parents to do what God's called them to do in the home um, by uh, giving them Bible study work curriculums and Bible study lessons and sessions that they can do at home. So that's been really refreshing to be able to, for us, to to rethink one of our three uh, primary uh, points of, of ministry here really is fam- parents are the primary disciplers. Now we had to really put that into, into to real life. So that's what we want to talk about today is, how, is equipping parents. You know, we, we know that's really uh, the partnership that we have as kids ministry leaders with families is so crucial for the sake of the child. Um, you know, we live in the culture that has historically been an outsourcing uh, mentality. If you want your kid to learn piano, you hire a piano t- teacher. Or want them to learn algebra, you can't do, you get a math tutor. And so the, the tendency is, you know, I take my kids to church so that the church experts can teach them about their walk with the Lord. But really, that's the job of the parents. And so we know as ministry leaders, we really need to be in tune and engaged with equipping those parents for success. And a lot of parents don't feel... Uh, they don't feel qualified or they don't feel well prepared. And so really part of our strategy 
has to be working with them. And I like what you said, this, this COVID crisis that we've been in has kind of forced us to refocus on the family. So tell us some of the ways, Bill, that you, that we need to do uh, or things that we may need to do, but how can we do that more effectively? Well, I think that as, as, as ministry leaders, we have to think through the lens of the family. What, what does that look like? What, what can a family, what can a parent really do? What can, we can put a lot of things out there that are really complicated and really difficult, but that's just not going to, they're not going to be able, they don't have the time for that. They don't have the time to pull that out. They don't have the time to do that. So the idea of making it simple, but still making it very valuable is where we've tried to land. Uh, we use the Gospel Project here. So on Sunday mornings, we've been doing a family Bible study of Gospel Project. Um, and we give them an, an in, introductory activity or a, an opening activity, a get started activity. We get, ask them to tell the Bible story in their own words, or we use the uh, video option that's available. And we then give them an activity to do as a family, a pray together as a family. And that's it. Four things. Boom, 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 boom. And I think that's that's important as we've listened to parents say they're overwhelmed. There's too many emails coming in from the church, not to mention the school system and everywhere else. They don't have the time, even though they've got all the time in the world, they don't have the time to put together the things that, that maybe we thought they should. So yeah. we've just tried to make it very simple for them. Um, in terms of one of the things that's come up in, in our ministry here is parents asking questions about how can they lead their child um, in, in, in a walk toward God or, or in how to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Their kids are, are, are there asking questions and parents are going, I don't feel qualified. So we've put some things out for them in that manner too. What, is it, what does it mean for a child to, um, when is my child ready to become a Christian? Um, how do how can I know that? Um, and then what are the what are the phases or stages or, or, or on that journey? And then what are some tools I can use to talk them through making that decision? Well, and what do you say when they ask you that? I often, you know, I've, I believe that parents are the primary disciplers, and I believe that Christian pa- families, Christian parents. Particularly, need to begin even at the very at a very early age. Of, you know, from the very beginning, Jesus loves me, um, God loves you, and it builds on the next phase, the next stage, the next stage to the point where, um, in the preschool years, they they hear that Jesus is their friend, that Jesus um, uh, it died on the cross. That goes all the way up to Jesus is my Savior and Lord in the in the children's years, it's building foundations. It's putting pre one precept on top of another precept on top of another precept. And I really do believe that there are a lot of kids, they may not be ready to, to make a decision, but they can hear these, these precepts and, and they can even put that up on a shelf. And when it's time to pull it off, they have that knowledge and it all comes together. But parents are going to be the best ones, in my opinion, to know if a child is ready to believe. A lot of people talk about uh, or want to talk about the age of accountability. And I say all the time, it's not in the Bible there. You can't look it up in the in the concordance because it's not there. So when can a child believe? When can a child believe? Now, there's some conversations that I've had um, are can a child make a a decision to follow Christ as Savior and Lord at age four, or do they have to be age 12? 
there's not an age. There's not a number. There, but I do believe that children need to be able to understand a basic concept of what sin is mm. and then a basic concept of the gospel. Um, a lot of children can tell you that they they know uh, that sin is bad things, but <laughs> the younger children sometimes say to me, I'll ask them, have you ever sinned? And they'll say, no. So I can tell really quickly that they're not ready. They just don't know. They're not ready to to understand that they have sinned and then that their sin is against God. So they know what sin is. They know that they've sinned and they know that that sin is not just a bad thing that they did to their sister, but it's something that God told them not to do. God commands us not to do. It's sin against God and that that sin separates them from God. Yes, if you yes. don't have that basic understanding of sin and that sin separates you, then you don't know you're lost. So you can't be saved mm. if you don't know you're lost. Mm. I think there's got to be in a child or anybody, really, a, a basic understanding of sin. Mm. Yeah, and they need to understand who God is and then that they have sinned against him. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. The second thing I always look for is understand if they have an understanding of the basic truths of the gospel, that Jesus came from God, that he lived a sinless life, that Jesus was killed by man, but according to God's plan. I mean, it's a hard concept to recognize that God that Jesus came from God. He sent, he didn't do anything wrong, but he was killed. He he died on the cross for our sins, and that was God's plan. I remember as a child thinking how bad the Roman soldiers were, or how mean mm-hmm. and the Jews were for doing this to Jesus. That was God's plan. That was God's plan, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the end of it. He rose from the dead, and he sins uh, the, through the work. He calls us through the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, I often want parents to recognize, I often talk about this with, with uh, leaders the Holy Spirit has to be present. Uh, the Holy Spirit calls a child. The Holy Spirit calls us. And I believe that apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, we can't enter into um, an understanding of salvation. So that's part of the gospel, mm-hmm. who Jesus is, what he did for us, and that he, that, and that he calls us unto him. So once a child has those two basic markers, this age of accountability, uh, meaning uh, understanding of sin and the understanding of a uh, basic understanding of the gospel, I think they could, they're ready to move into this next journey, into this, into the next steps. I talk about four journeys of a, of a child's um, uh, stages of a journey in, of a, four stages of a child's journey toward God. And the first one is just simply a discovery stage where they're asking lots of questions. They're uh, curious and inquisitive. They're downloading information, you know, just bringing on information. But I often tell parents just because they're curious doesn't mean they're under conviction. Mm-hmm. It's it's part of the process. Uh, kindergartners, first and second graders, they ask lots and lots of questions, and they're downloading the information. They may not be ready to use the information, but they're just downloading it, which takes me to that second stage, the discerning stage. You know, they've downloaded it. Now they're beginning to process it. They're beginning to uh, 
uh, be concerned about more spiritual things. They're beginning to ask questions about death and and uh, heaven and hell, and they're beginning to realize that their sin actually is against God. I think a lot of that comes because of what we do in our families. When I was four years old, my um, my first grand my grandfather died, and he when he died, um, my parents got a babysitter, left me at the house, and we were I was there, and they went and took care of the funeral. They did all those things. My other grandfather died when I was in fifth grade. It was a whole different thing. I went mm. with them to it. So I had lots of questions. I thought he was in heaven, but he was laying there. I had lots of questions about, well, how did he get to heaven? So I think it's a natural process um, of downloading that goes to a discerning, trying to make some decisions for yourself, which leads to the third the third stage, which I've called the deciding stage. Mm-hmm. And this is when they become convicted of their sinfulness, their need for a savior. They begin to understand and are willing to make God Lord of their life. And there's there's some comprehension there. What does that mean? What does Lord mean? I like to tell boys and girls, boss of your life. They mm-hmm. t- he, When Jesus is Lord of your life, he's your boss. And so what he says goes, they begin to realize it's time for them to make a decision. For years and years and years, I had three three stages on the journey. It wasn't until my time at Lifeway and really seeing a lot of things in a from a broader perspective that I added the fourth D of my of these journey of this journey, and that's the discipling stage. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things we do as parents and one of the things we do as church leaders is we we think we've checked the box when we get them to um, through the baptistry. But there's so much more to life than just, I mean, a, a, a fulfilled Christian life doesn't stop with baptism. It's a discipling process. I think it really needs to start right at that point of, could. well, it starts at the very beginning, doesn't it? It starts when we sing Jesus loves me to him. But we need an ongoing plan to continue building on the child's foundation, a new Christian's class, a new Christian's booklet, some some form of helping a child make sure all their questions are answered. I tell people all the time, with every blessing comes responsibility. And I can't think of a a larger blessing than having boys and girls come to know Christ um, in in your ministry or in your home, right? So we have a responsibility to, that goes with that blessing. And that responsibility is to disciple them past the point of conversion. I think we've got a lot of people out there who've never been discipled and they're not, and, and they made a profession of faith with all their heart, but no one ever discipled them. And they're living like the world because they didn't know they're still drinking the milk instead of eating the meat because they never were taught how. Um, I'm convinced that in all of our children's ministries, but in our homes as well, that has to be a pillar in our ministry. For us, we talk about transform, uh, a gospel transformation, disciple making, family centered kids ministry. That's our three pillars. And we've got to, as both as a church and as families, invest in a child's discipling past the point of conversion. I think one of those common pitfalls is, and I think this, I love your four D's. That speaks my language. I like the alliteration. I like that. I, I was, I was anticipating the next one as you went. And it's such a great picture of the journey uh, that's involved. It's because a, a lot of times you said we think of the decision alone and, and, and we want that decision. And, and I think one of the pitfalls in ministry for ministry leaders, as well as for parents, could be we want to we want to hurry a child to make that decision 
and uh, and we can get caught up in trying to get them to repeat the prayer or to uh, to say the words or to sign the card in the old you know walk the aisle and sign the card, and and there's so much more that we need to be thinking about and and investing in and really. Um, patience is a great part of this, right? Having having longer conversations and making sure they truly understand, rather than just trying to to rush them to a prayer. Yeah, I think we never uh, um, responsible evangelism with kids never rushes a child. Um, we know that ch- children have short attention spans. The younger they are, the shorter the attention span is. And as you're having a conversation with your child and you notice they're looking out the window or they're fiddling somewhere else, well, then that's a great time to just kind of bring it to a stop and say, we're going to, we'll, 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 we'll revisit this again. We'll, we'll have a longer conversation later. Um, and they'll come back if the Holy Spirit's working in their heart, they'll come back and ask you. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a great point. We don't want to rush a child into making a premature decision. So tell us about that conversation. What, assuming we have not rushed them, uh, we, we've been patient, how do we go about presenting the gospel? I know that you like to use the gospel of God's plan. That's exactly right. I've been used, I've been around, to, I hate to even ex, uh, to uh, say that I've been doing kids ministry for over 30 years now, but I have, and I've never found a resource that I like any better. Now, there are a lot of resources out there, and, and we could name them. I mean, I don't really need to or want to get into a, um, this one's better than this one. But for me, the Gospel God's plan for me um, has been the the resource that takes a child through the Gospel Using Scripture. Now, I know we have some some things that we we're able to um, use that that remind us. Maybe it's pictures, maybe it's a it's beads, different things. But this resource takes a child through five steps using Scripture. God rules. We send. God provided. Um, Jesus gives, and then we respond, which includes mm. the ABCs: admit, believe, confess. It doesn't, the gospel doesn't get any clearer than that. And then we use scripture and I would encourage families um, to use the child's Bible, use a Bible, don't just read from the pamphlet, Mm -hmm. but actually use the Bible and take children to the scripture where it backs up these five, these five points. I don't know that there's a better one. Um, I, I encourage parents all the time to whatever you're using, make sure you're using scripture. And this particular resource has it built in for you. Wow. Well, Bill Emiot, thank you so very much for your time. Thank you for your heart. We appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your friendship. And I always love when we have a chance to connect and to talk ministry. So thank you. Thanks for what you're doing in Houston and for what you're doing for your families. You're an inspiration. Thank you. It's been great to be with you. Good to see you both. And I'm thankful for the opportunity, um, both of what you guys do for us and then what we are able to do because of what you're doing. Well, listeners, let me direct you to kidsministry101.com. It's the homepage for the Lifeway Kids blog and podcast. If you go to kidsministry101.com, you will find a tab on that page called training. And if you click on training, you will find an icon that says gospel presentation. Click on that and you will find a collection of videos of several different members and friends of our team at Lifeway sharing the gospel, using the gospel God's plan. You will also find outlines that you can print and download or download and then print, I guess would be the right sequence, uh, to help you 
uh, understand how to talk through the gospel God's plan. You can watch those videos with your child or you can watch those videos just as a way of getting comfortable with talking that talk yourself. Uh, so kidsministry101.com, click on training, click on gospel presentations, and you'll find some great resources to use there. Bill Amiot, thank you again, my friend and my brother. Producer Trey, thank you, man. It's good to see you. And listeners, we appreciate you listening. Tune in again next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.